Alrighty, lovelies. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. How are we all doing today? Welcome back to the... Oh gosh, is this the third episode now? Of the podcast? Oh, is that what we're on? Oh my goodness. How are we all doing though today? How are we all doing? Uh, uh, my name, as per usual, is Tiny Pixels. You are more than welcome to call me Pip. And I'm going to be your sole host today. I, I kind of... I don't know how I feel about this. If, if that's kind of... I don't know, man. I, I feel like I've been affected. <laughs> no, everything's gonna be great. Everything's gonna be great. Everything's gonna be fine. Uh, cause I have two absolutely, absolutely, absolutely wonderful, wonderful guests with me, uh, this week. Or at least I'm gonna tell them that they're wonderful, um, in the hope that they they do the nice word things with me today. Um, we're gonna we're gonna hope that they do the nice word thing with me today. Let me just bring them in real quick. How are we feeling today, guys? We ain't getting Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, that was I'm, a hello. that was a response enough. Guys, please, please, please give lots of love to the wonderful, wonderful Supervim Forty Seven and the wonderful Marathi who are joining us today. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll have some really good. We should have some really good discussion today. I feel like we've got a good podcast on today. Um, before we jump into it, though, guys, please tell our lovely audience a little bit about you. Should we start with you, Vin? Oh, hi. Um, I'm Vin of SuperVin47. I've been, I'm trying to stream consistently now that I'm in between jobs. Uh, you may know me from voicing Sephiroth as the bishop from the Princess Bride. I, I can't. My heart hurts every time. Ever. Your playthrough is going super well. I'm... Welcome to the Genova reunion. It is a union of two of... Oh, So yeah, yeah, wonderful. Oh god. It's it's a playthrough to be to, to be seen, I think. I think it, it definitely you've you've sold it wholeheartedly. Uh Marathi, Marathi, tell us I a little bit not, about you. I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> not not for that. No. Um Hi, I'm Marathi. Uh I'm a partner broadcaster on Twitch. I do variety streaming. Which literally is just about anything. Um, everything from, you know, MMOs currently, Final Fantasy, because Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood, um, through to Factorio or Euro Truck Sim. Anything. And other games that will come up later on in the podcast. Mm. So I won't mention them now because that's Pep's thing. Yeah. We've um, got we've got some actually really, really good ones on the on the board today. I'm really, really pleased. And of course, oh. our, our condolences uh, this week to LA, who are having to put up with poor, poor, awful Sam. Uh, no, seriously. Senchino Squad, who are out uh, in LA right now. Press F for LA. <laughs> Do lots of good work. Do lots and lots and lots of good work out there, you guys. Make good decisions. Yeah. Yes, we're, we're counting on you to bring us all the, all the good gaming news and stuff. I'm not jealous or bitter in the slightest because uh, it's been raining here again so you know great should we get into a gaming podcast should we do that we guys are we ready it's a thing it's a thing we can do the option is available all right so there's gonna be more there's gonna be no amazing segues this time i apologize like massively that there's not gonna be any amazing segues um but we are gonna be unearthing the dead a couple of times this podcast so let's start I start all the way back in 1993. Uh, let's 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 nope. start with there. Let and... it die. 
Let it die. Just let it die. <laughs> so, I want to know how you guys feel about remaking classic games. Uh, because it's just been announced. It's just been announced that we are getting a Bubsy the Bobcat remake. Uh, just... I kind of don't know what what to say because I'm not best pleased with this at all. We've recently had ukulele. We know Crash is coming um, soon, TM, and that looks absolutely gorgeous. And, and now uh, to jump on the bandwagon, we have Bubsy. How do you guys how do you guys feel about about our our friend the Bobcat? It was. I took a look at it. Like I never even heard of Bubsy, and it looked bad when it was new. <laughs> Like, I don't... Some things we should just let lie. You know? Mm -hmm. And that includes most of, like, the classics that were actually good as well. It's like, they were, they're classic for a reason. Right. right. They're classic because when they first came out, they were, for the time, really good, touched on something new, contained a new IP nobody's seen before, and did it well. Like some of the first Sonic games. Ukulele. Mm -hmm. Games that when you say the name, people go, "Oh, cool!" The and you know they can go back to that time. If you're going to mm -hmm. do something new with a, an IP, reboot it. Don't try and redo what you did before because nine times out of ten, you're going to end up with this. Okay, so I have a I have a question on that because I recently managed to play. Um, uh, uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. What's it called? That point and click adventure game, uh, Thimbleweed Park. I recently managed to play Thimbleweed Park. And Thimbleweed Park is written by Ron Gilbert, as in Monkey Island, right? So I'm kind of going into it thinking, oh, it's just going to be an extension of the Telltales and blah, blah, blah. It is a wonderful recreation of that sort of style of game, but brought forward for a modern audience. So how, do we, how do we feel about kind of... Because that's what Bubsy is doing. Bubsy is trying to bring this formula forward to a modern audience. I love how Vin sat there going, N no. No, I think we're, uh, both of us are now. No. You just have to take one look at the trailer and just go, why? Maybe they, they maybe Bubsy isn't the, the game to do it. Maybe that's the problem. Um, yeah, see, like, if you're remaking a game, like, like TJ said earlier, you gotta have a game to remake. Right, Bubsy was largely unknown, and looking back on it now, there's a reason why it was largely unknown, and I don't, I don't know if they made a good decision in trying to bring that back from the grave. I, I feel they would make more headway starting their own IP. Right. Or, or treating it as a new IP, because so, they're, they're not even re-entering the market, they're entering the market. Right, so take taking sort of a, a leaf again of Ron Gilbert's book and going, okay, so Thimbleweed Park is a, is a new IP built on an old formula, and you'd rather see that than just a... Yeah, okay. definitely. So... Thimbleweed Park did it right, though, because it they really kind of did. did that. Yeah, mm -hmm. they took something, they took a concept that worked really well back then and aimed it at, they, were kind of, they seem to aim it at an awful lot of the people now that they want, we want these people to play this new game based on what they remember of our old one. And they did that because they brought a new game out, but took all those cool parts and the right ideas and just, as you say, marketed it for a modern audience. Okay, so how do we feel about then a, just a straight remake like uh, I've got Crash running uh, as our video right now. Um, Crash Bandicoot 
obviously the games are the the the, the uh, trilogy is solid wholeheartedly. The remake looks gorgeous. Again, Ratchet and Clank worked really really well. So do you think maybe it's a it's a case of these games have to have a certain quality to them in the first place? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Both need to have a quality to them in the first place that makes people actually not pine after pine after the I've gone and forgotten the word. Um It's one of those days so today. Yeah, it definitely is. Um like the say the IP itself. Again, you come back to like ukulele. You go back to Sonic. The people de- dealing with Sonic did it completely wrong, in my opinion. Um, that's how to fail at bringing an IP back several times in a row, time after time. I'm, I'm um, looking. I'm looking at you, Black Knight. I'm looking at you, Sonic Camelot Edition. <laughs> <laughs> so, that game haunts um, me. I swear. My my heart hurts. Um, <laughs> He can't, he can't roll off the screen fast enough. Um, <laughs> oh, no! It's like, mmm, is he gone? Is he going to stay gone? Thankfully. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, Ukulele did it right. Not only can you tell that they were trying to push new tech and a new feel and a new look to it, kind of, they also really loved what they were doing, and they were allowed to do it. Right. They, weren't, they didn't have their time cut off. They weren't going, you only have X amount to do it. That's good enough. Let's push it. You can tell the team loved what they were doing and poured that love into their game. Hmm. Ukulele is not personally my preference in game, but it looks amazing and it plays fantastic. I had fun playing it, even though it's not my particular type of game. And they've just put out a giant update being like, okay, you guys had this problem with it, this problem with it, this problem with it. We've listened. Here's a patch that addresses all of it. Doing it right. And that's, that's, that's a game company who go, hey, we poured a lot of love into this. We want to get it right for you. Mm. I know it's going to stir up an awful lot. I know it's going to stir up an awful lot of maybe like and stuff like that. But Hello Games are kind of trying to do the same. Oh, with the ARG, right? They're trying really hard to fix stuff that was broken, put in stuff they couldn't put in. Mm-hmm. To like, I, you said no segues, ding. Um, yeah, it's like with that game, um, they're trying really, really hard to do what they should have been allowed to do in the first place. Right. And they're doing it while telling the truth. Which didn't happen the first time. Right. Right. So I don't blame the dev team. I blame the I, I blame the yeah. There the was a, a lot of there was a lot of hype machine there and I imagine we'll we'll get round to talking about that um with regards to kind of E three and, and things like that. Because I don't think we're gonna get away from E three this week. I, I don't I don't think there's any way we can run the podcast this week, kind of as much as we might try. Right. Um so Vin, mm. I'm interested to know, is 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 Crash and are, are things like Yuka your kind of bag? Is this something that you would go in for? Or are you kind of like, these are done, I've played them, or I've seen them, these, these are done, I'd rather move on to kind of newer things? Oh, it's an older style remade, like, um, right. bring back content? Yes. Ah, uh, whoa. I mean... As long as you're not remaking the game, right? Like word for word. Like uh, for for example, um, what would I what did I say? Uh, what's what's another game that's been remade sort of? 
Oh man, I don't see. I, don't I know, have one I... of those coming up, and it's actually my game recommendation for this week. A game that yeah. is frame by frame exactly the same game. Yeah, like I, I would say that, but then I fell in love with with uh, Fable One, and I also bought Fable Anniversary, right. and I played that, and I like that as well. So I can't. I guess I can't really say that. I guess. I guess. I guess Thief. Thief has been remade as well, ish. Oh, that took uh, a that took a very strange turn in in development though, didn't it? Because it it yeah it wasn't quite a, a. They they wanted to add in more more different. They wanted to add in different mechanics from the original Thief, which was just sort of. You know I. I don't know. It's this is a, this is a complicated thing you, you you've asked of me here. Uh, this is what I mean, we but, do best. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I. I'm not going to write them off. I'm not going to write it off at all. I, I would just like to see if you're going to remake a game, do add something new. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or to to add in new challenges, bring in new audiences. Uh. Yeah. Don't just. Well, I'm not going to say don't just do this thing, but uh, you know what? I'm going to leave myself as an open thing so I don't <laughs> shut my, foot, my mouth. It's that thing where I, I think as long as you bring in new things and you fix the things that were broken before, then you, you're doing all right. Case in point, Skyrim. Right. Oh, yeah. How yeah. to not do it right. Okay, that's basically just, that's the open book on how not to do it. Yeah. Hello, we made it shiny. Mm-hmm. Which is great. We took the most popular mod and put it in the game. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And they could have done so much more with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Okay, so let's let's keep it moving. Cause I kind of I'm I'm desperate to get to I'm I'm desperate to get to uh a couple of bits and pieces on our cheat sheet today. But uh Oh no. So I had a really awful Sam segue in my head then. And it, it kind of it, it, it kind of didn't just let it out it, it didn't just happen it so so <laughs> from tinkering uh with game art uh to games as art i want to talk to you guys a little bit about a game called everything uh, have you guys seen it you guys have seen this right because it's been absolutely everywhere i've seen clips of it okay. everything has been everywhere all the time so, i completely missed it other than a trailer so this has been absolutely everywhere and I'm kind of intrigued by it as a as a as a game. Um it's a bit of an odd one, it's a bit of a bizarre concept. Not only that, it's just managed to qualify uh to go on to win an Academy Award. This game could now be put up for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Which is to me that's insane. That's crazy. Roger. We've come so far as uh, as an industry that we've now got games that can win film awards. And that's like, how, how do you guys feel about this? Is it really that surprising though? We've had the Roger games after us. Oh no no no! This isn't yeah. this isn't a games award though. This is a film. I, I, a, I know, but yes, but you've had the BAFTAs for so not for so long now. By uh, was it um, Dara Brain has been yeah, the host yeah. for like so long, um, and he's a like major advocate of games and them getting awards for being good in certain areas. The fact it stepped <laughs> up to being 
<laughs> Sorry, this bear's doing backflips in the background <laughs> and I can't. Oh, yeah. No. Every time I Here's see the it, there's like a Here's giant horde of bears doing backflips. Here's the here's the thing though. If you listen to the uh, to the narrate to the narration it's of the trailer, very, it's all very. It's beautiful. Yes. That is a beautiful, majestic <laughs> thing of bears doing backflips. And oh look, there are now peacocks doing backflips. I just, like, I, I, I just, I, I can't quite wrap my brain. Everybody's, everybody's saying, you know, the the same as you, Marathi, that you know, okay, we've had game awards for a long time, but this is something that is is really high reaching in the film community. We've had a complete yep. crossover of medium now. We have this I thing just... that nobody's sure whether to call it a toy or a game or an experience or a film or what. But well, it's never reached this level of acceptance maybe the right words mm. um but look at how many visual novels we've had over the last year just in the last year alone okay a large majority of them tend to be the japanese ones but that's don't, not don't thing. discount walking simulators as well though mm. i do because of almost all of them have been garbage oh i would disagree almost almost all there are there are provided you know where to look i feel like there are some amazing 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 um really sort of touching walking simulators out there yeah. that if you listen and you take the name of in... it the one where you start at the little cottage ether one yes ether one seemed... ether one really? made me cry uh made me flinch i had to put the controller down twice and walk away uh ether mm. one is a absolutely phenomenal game absolutely phenomenal game there are some really good oh, examples of these narrative experiences hmm one it's a wonder bear. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going. Go, I'm looking at the uh, everything trailer here, and it's just like it's everything. It is. It is actually everything. And uh, see, one of the one of the main arguments behind like oh, games can't be movies or it can't be art, right? Is because um, some form of like you're not. You're not consuming a narrative in 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 the traditional manner right. of watching a movie, right? You're you're able to make choices and all that kind of thing. But in everything, you can make choices and you're still absorbing the narrative that everything is interconnected. Right? The gameplay is is mm -hmm. built into the narrative. You can zoom in, you can zoom out, you can have roly polies, you can have water bears, you can have actual bears rolling. <laughs> Um, so I, I just think the way the game was designed is very, very well done for what's, for its purpose. I noticed Squall actually mentioned in chat, um, Firewatch being a walking simulator. Yes. He's not wrong. Oh, yeah. And that's maybe why I disliked it, because there just wasn't enough to do for a game that looked like it should have been far more interactive. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, it's one of those things, and it's the, one of the reasons that I really like, um, Ether 1, is that you can go through it as a walking simulator or you can go through it as a puzzle game. See, I played it and watched it for just long enough to unfortunately, I think, maybe miss some of the puzzle elements and get really bored. Or you can just walk straight past the puzzle elements. You don't have to do any of them. They're entirely optional. Even, see, there's the problem. I didn't even notice some of them. Ah, now, they tell you at the very beginning, I think, that there's one in each level for you to do, but they are. you have to look for them. And they right. are entirely optional, so it's a it's a bit of um, <laughs> it's a bit of an odd one. 
Um, but it's, I don't know. It surprises me always that we talk about all these all these games as art and blah blah blah. And the argument that always wins me over is that art should elicit some kind of emotional response from the person consuming it. And personally, I don't think there's a better medium for that than video games because you do have that personal link with whatever is going on through you... mechanic as a as a sort of foundational thing, right? What was that game in five parts? I think it was at Squinix. Dealt with the um, Let It Die or something. Oh, what, the game, what was the game called? It had like five parts to it. You mean Stories Untold? No. Five I think parts to it? It, it, it had three, three words in the title. And it is the only game within about the last maybe eight or nine years to actually have me stand up and walk away from the computer. Oh, I don't know. Life is it's Strange? The one, it's the one... Yes. Life, Life is, is strange. strange. Okay, so we're, we're having the, the second one soon as well. Me... Yes. That's oh, yeah, that's true. Life is Strange too. To actually have me elicit such a response, I've had to excuse myself from the chat, turn things off, and stand up and walk away. Mm -hmm. I had to because I couldn't sit in front of the computer <laughs> anymore. I had um, I had a problem with um, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Mm. If you've not played that, bear through the awkward gameplay aspect. It gets easier as you get more used to it. The idea is okay. you control two brothers, and you control each brother using a half of a controller. Yeah, there you go. So one half is, is one brother, and one half is the other brother. Okay. And you control the two of them to do puzzles all the way through. Uh, there are um, there are three points in that game where I put my controller down, burst into tears, and couldn't go back to the game for about a week. It is a sad story. It's yeah. horrendously sad. But in the same breath, there's parts of it that have lots of hope. And yeah. there are parts of it that are very bright. And there are parts of it where you would oh, laugh. So many and... games like that. Yeah. Uh, I, the, I... The, other, the other one I remember, being the little one where you the little light spirit. And you've got the bear or something at the start, or the big hulking thing at the start, like saves you, and pretty much like you spend the first part of the level doing stuff, and he dies. As oh. a giant tree gives you your light energy. Oh, Ori! Ori! Ori in the Ori blind had, forest. Ori had that, yes. That, okay. that scene. Or, oh yeah, Ori. I okay. still That's... cry at the Ori soundtrack. Still. Yeah. I played it a year ago. Like... I still get upset when I hear that. Because it reminds opening. you of the game. Mm. Yeah, that opening yeah. section is beautifully well done. Like, absolutely oh, beautifully. Like um, the other one that I, I like, and I actually think I like it better than Undertale, which is maybe a bit naughty to say, is One Shot. One Shot, one shot. was in an incredible experience. Absolutely incredible experience. It's Undertale without the combat, but with a more... Um, it's, it's, the narrative is based around fourth wall breaking. The narrative is based around you having to find files in your computer and help. Oh, I saw you play that. That was hilarious. Yes, it was incredible. Oh, incredible well, sorry. Yeah, watching you, watching you play it was hilarious. Yes. The game itself yeah. was like, whoa. Yes. What? Yeah. So I think it's about time, actually, that we start to pull. We, we start to pull in this recognition and we start to say, hey, these experiences that we make as an industry, they're wonderful. Because there are so water. many of them. Is it Ari, Aru, or something? Ahru, Arhu? Ah. Whatever it was uh -huh. called, the, the underwater game. Abzu. 
Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've yes. played too many games, dang it. No, I know. Um, it's, it, I, I, I think it's good that I'm starting to pick up all the names for them now as well. Yep. But yeah, Abzu was another one of these ones where it really should, at the very least, get at least, you know, like, lip service recognition for just the art style and the fact that it looked... The art style immersed you in the game. Right. Even if the gameplay was a bit... It, the game itself, you can't deny that it looked really, really good. I, I don't know. I played Abzu about three times over on stream. Like, yeah. just... <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> we sat there and watched fish for like an hour because that's why i needed at the time and it yeah it worked really really well yep. but yeah it's just one of these games where the the designers and the developers work together to make something actually work mm. i swear Ooh, it yeah. feels an awful lot of games that fall over in that regard it's almost like you can almost feel the disconnect between their design and art teams and their actual developers it's almost like they don't quite it's not that they don't even understand each other they just don't connect in a way that makes it work Mm -hmm. And whether that's a lack of understanding between the core, um, like, people involved or the lack of, um, like, a producer or something, you know, mm -hmm. like, a, a one step above something that, like, is meant to hook teams together, just not managing it, it's really sad to see them break apart because it does, it disconnects you from the game in more than one sense, which means the game fails. You, you're you're like actually like detached from the game. You're like knocked out of feeling like that. So many games that you play, even like action games, like Dark Souls is an amazing example of it. Just you've got the aesthetic and the gameplay. You end up so like almost like hand grip white knuckled when you're playing the game that you sometimes forget you're playing a game. Hmm. And it's why there's so much rage because you're so connected to it's your character so dying personal again and to, again. Yeah. Yes. And it's hmm. the same. It's the same reason that we get. Um, uh, BM and things in MOBAs is because you're tying mm. your personal self to your 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 own your sense of self value yes. is placed into the game. It's it's true. I mean, in terms of eliciting emotions, I think video games have the best track work, best track record of eliciting all of them out of people who play them. Out of people who play them, like you get range, right, you, yeah. like in a single game. For example, life is strange. You can feel happiness, anger, confusion, sadness. And that's you know, just from like trying this... to work out how the controls work. Like, <laughs> that's... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wait. Well, I played it in PC, so I didn't have that problem. Oh no, no, no! I, I haven't, I haven't played it yet. <laughs> Ooh. So I don't really know. I was just making a joke. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So I'm really glad that we're all in agreement that video games are art, and this is really well deserved. And that's yep. that's I really freaking cool. Yes, Vin. I will say one thing though. I'm really glad that everything is getting the uh, the Oscar award and not a um. Uh, uh I, I don't want to say bad things. Can I can I say bad one? You bad can say thing? bad things. That's not fine. a David Cage game. Me and you are gonna have words about that. Uh... I know. I know. I know. That's no, no, I no, no, like, no. It's be a bad thing. I'm yeah. keeping it. That's... It's it's nice so, that but... it's been given to an experience masquerading as an experience rather than an experience masquerading as a game. Actually, I'm saying nothing about that. Um, I'm keeping you on your good side. Uh, <laughs> Heavy Rain Ooh. is one of my favourites, but the rest... Heavy Rain it. is amazing. The rest and I just... I had to stop playing it. I, I couldn't finish that game at all. I think I think the games are good. Did I just you know don't you like were going to how... save him? Huh? I, I, 
no, I no, I, I couldn't tell. I got to a certain point. I, I actually had a fair amount of trouble getting by the fact of the... I don't want to spoil anyone that hasn't played it, but the yeah. first major event in the game that sets off the rest of the game, right? Mm. I think I lasted half an hour after that and had to put the game down. I couldn't actually play it. It's just one of those games where it was so good at what it was doing. Mm-hmm. People were like, it was really depressing and I couldn't play it. I'm like, no, it hit so close to home with stuff that's happened with friends. Yeah. I, I handed the controller to it. I had to have a friend there to play because I knew roughly what was coming. And I handed them the controller and asked them to turn it off. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't play it. I, I can nope. but the but the other two not so great. I'm I'm excited for what comes next. Okay. Mm. Alright, so I was gonna say something specific about and got distracted by the heavy rain. Um Oh sorry. Um right, we've now got like the Oscar for um art. Final Fantasy through some of its past stuff and the new Zelda thing. Both of them have been. One of them has already won stuff for, and one and the Zelda one for the new Breath of the Wild game. Breath of the Wild, thank yep. you. Their musical scores are up for awards. Good. Or have been up for awards. Oh, good. Have, but that's it. Yeah, but yeah, that's I, the thing. Like the music side of things and orchestral stuff and things like that for games have always kept on coming up for these sort of things, and in some cases have won them. Like mm-hmm. Final, Final Fantasies for Final Fantasy Eleven won one. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Fourteen. Well, like um, both of its prior expansions have won something. Uh, Baba Yatu won something, didn't it, from Civ Four? Baba Yatu did win. Yes. Civ Four, yeah. The, it did, it the did original, win an award. the music when you start up Civ Four, that Baba oh. Yatu, Yatu, do, do. That it, one. It's supposed. Yeah, it's um. Oh, actually, that, that ties in exactly with something that I had noted down to bring in is the fact that there's like a Kickstarter has just been thrown up. And it is Nathan McCree who did like so. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. There we he go. He did the uh, Tomb Raider um, games, right? Mm-hmm. The Tomb Ra- the Tomb Raider suite. He did. He's done the entire Tomb Raider suite, and yes. there's a Kickstarter up for basically a limited edition double vinyl album of it, because Ooh. he's it's it's already been in it's already been in orchestra form at like a big thingy hall. I can't remember where it was in the UK. Um, the Kickstarter ends on the twenty fourth of June. Can you put it in the doc and I'll post it in chat for these guys? Uh, I don't have a link for it, but I'll post what I've got. Basically, it's the first yeah. three Tomb Raider games, and there's a Kickstarter up for it. Neat. Okay, well, that's fine then. The- these guys can find it, I'm sure. Um, all right, moving on ever so ever so slightly from prizes to more prizes. Um, mm-hmm. How do we feel about, and I always worry about asking this question, how do we feel about League of Legends? Because... Um... <laughs> League of Legends uh, is changing the way that its LCS works. So uh, one of its major tournaments uh, is changing from teams being rotated in and out to a set roster of 10 teams. Each team puts in about $10 million to be on that roster. It's 10 million. It is 10 million? Good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good with the information today. Uh, hmm. They put in 10 million. The players are, um, the players are then guaranteed a salary. They're guaranteed their spot on the roster, and it means that they can now build a format similar to we have like NBA, for example. So League of Legends is now bringing their tournament format forward to match traditional. And I'm going to use the word traditional sports sort of tournaments and events. 
So you have set teams so instead of people like swapping. Instead of it, instead of it being teams in rotation, <clears throat> because mm -hmm. that's that's the way that it's always been. They've been teams in rotation. They fought for this battle. Blah, blah, blah. This is we have ten teams and they fight in this NBA tournament. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like major leagues. Yes, yeah. it's, it's like major leagues, yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm amused because people see this as like, oh my god, how could this happen? That's such a big amount. Blizzard have a 20 million buy-in. Yeah. For Overwatch, I think. Uh, I was going to say, what's, what's TI Heroes? though? Because isn't TI like massive now as well? But I, if, you want to, if you want to see how big an eSport can get and you want to see how hugely it can impact an entire country and the way the country works starcraft yes not starcraft 2 no but starcraft, starcraft. War. yeah starcraft Brood wars how, yes that's enjoy well i was a pro player at one point mm. and yeah from being outside of korea you didn't have a look in unless somebody in korea actually kind of like name dropped you they wouldn't even let you join in some of it it was that big a korean thing at the time I mean, Whereas Americans... now you look at StarCraft 2 and look how huge StarCraft 2 is. Yeah. It is an eSport. It is on Korean TV. It's gone TV. Yeah. It's on Korean TV. So it's already a TV thing. It is a real sport. It's an eSport. So I wouldn't be surprised. If Riot can pull this off, good. Now, the community, certain people know what I think of the community. Um, thankfully, it doesn't represent Riot. It doesn't represent um, the actual players who are trying really hard and are at the top most of the time. So if they can lock onto that good-natured, good sportsmanship, all the things that Riot actually stands for and believes in, and they can take that forward onto like actual TV sports and that sort of mm. like good. you would you would need that in order to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can't move forward into the into a larger market if you have. People trolling each other in chat. Right, have, you watched, have you watched football? I'm sorry. Yeah, did you guys fun. did yeah. you guys see did you guys see uh Carmi's thing the other day? And that on Twitch and Twitch chat during that. Twitch chat is always gonna be Twitch chat. It doesn't yeah. represent Twitch chat off. entirely how these things look. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at me for example, right? I'm a casual League of Legends player. Um, I'm super interested in the community. You guys know that I, I put I put cosplay together. Um, I'm going to ignore that comment. Uh, <laughs> um, I recently actually got to meet with some guys from Riot, uh, a couple of cosplayers who uh, have done bits and pieces for Riot in the past. And genuinely, they are some of the nicest people and they care about their game. I... I care about the lore a great deal. I care about the characters a great deal. I care about the settings a great deal, which is why, you know, cosplaying cosplaying from, from League was my first choice. Bang on, it was my first choice. I have not met a League cosplayer that hasn't been awesome. As in a, right? as in a nice person. I have not, I've yet to find a cosplayer, or even, actually, I've yet to meet a League pro player at an event, whether it be PAX or whether it be Insomnia. Um... I've yet to meet one that hasn't been at least civil. Right. Mm. And and just barely civil is definitely the minority low end of the scale. Everyone else has generally been really upbeat, really looking forward to the game, really enthusiastic, really polite, and generally sort of like, do you play? What stuff do you play? What lane do you... Mm -hmm. and, but they're really, really inclusive and want you to be involved in their really cool esport that they're so invested in. It doesn't... Re the, 
the more well-known side of the community is not representative of the top end of the game, yeah. mm. which is what angers me so much. It's it's um, it's nice to see, I think, um, them taking quite because this is quite a serious kind of committed step forward. And yeah, as we're yeah, saying, like so. it's not it's not a big um, it it's not a, a big amount of money by any stretch. Ten million for for a sign in when you consider these kind of events isn't a big amount of money. We know that league is a big sport. Blah blah blah. We know that it's important, but it's so interesting to see them continually taking these steps forward to make it um, a more sort of solid, more professional, and to, to make it kind of, um, to, to make it rival these, as I say, traditional sports. You know, you have a lot of people when you say, oh, esports, and they laugh. Yeah. It always, the one that always makes me giggle is the, uh, the Imagine Dragons song that was written for League of Legends. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the, if you listen to the song Warriors, it actually has the, um, I think it's the lock-in noise from League of Legends. It was written for that. The music video is all about, like, climbing the ranks and, and being in front of your peers playing. Like, it's, it's amazing, amazing, amazing uh, endeavor well, by all involved. I've heard it play every single time the Six Nations rugby comes around. What? Every time the Six Nations Rugby is on the BBC, I hear it at least once. And I kind of wow. go, there we go. There it is. There's is perfect, perfect, perfect way to show you guys that there is this parallel. Yeah. It's not exactly and the are, same. And that more importantly, there are gamers everywhere. Yep. I have a couple of friends who are in fairly senior lawyer positions they'd hate me for calling them lawyers i can't remember what the other proper <laughs> word is um but they're basically really quite senior lawyers for really large firms that have absolutely nothing to do with gaming absolutely nothing you'd look at something off lot of these people and be like they're so professional they'd never look at it and they have in company like full in company tournaments of up to 128 people and it's a company that you'd look at and go nah you're never going to get a gamer in there. And they are some of the most intense, sweary tournaments I have ever <laughs> been involved in. Yes. Some of the some of the words said between some of these people who are professionals that earn six to seven digits. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's gamers everywhere. It's like my mother, my mother, right, has finished Mist wow. by herself. Pardon? Nice. Well, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> That's I haven't finished Mist. She's finished Mist by herself. <laughs> It took her like two and a half years and she has A4 notebooks, like seven or eight of them. Thick, and it's just notes. The one that always makes me smile is sometimes like um, one, of, one of my friends and, uh, and a wonderful one of mine, Matt, uh, Matt Sparks, uh, his mum plays Diablo. And every now and then she pops around the door and says something about Diablo. And my little heart does this because that's just the best yep. thing. We are, we're everywhere. And I don't feel like this is a, I don't feel like this is an industry that should be tied down. And the more professional affront we can put on and be like, hey, this is a really respectable thing that does really well and is genuinely exciting to watch. Here's the production value through the roof. Off you go. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh God, again, look at things like, again, I go back to things like StarCraft or even like some of the, I completely forget the name of it, the D&D &D stuff done by MEJP and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, geek, geek and Sundry stuff. Geek and, geek and Sundry is the other stuff. It's like, again, it's production values that you expect out of TV studios. Yep. Because yep. that's the sort of equipment level they're using and the effort and the skill going into these things. Yep. You, you look at some of these YouTube videos and go, we're basically watching something that could be shown on TV. Yeah, it's, it's good to see them taking this step forward because it is, it's, I think League is an important game to me and it's an important game to a lot of people. And to be able to bring that to a, a, a more mainstream audience in a very stable way and go, hey, this is a thing. These teams pay in, we pay them a salary, we look after them, we the get this entertainment the back. The salary is the big one. The Contracts can one. screw you over big times. Like I follow Ryan Morrison, the video game attorney, mm -hmm. and he can go on tirades about yep. getting signing up with really bad contracts. So the fact that I mean, step one, you offer them you offer gamers, professional gamers a salary, right? That means it's now a job. It's now yeah. actually and maybe not in the eyes of gamers, because it doesn't have to be, because gamers. But once you move outside of gamers, it legitimizes what you're doing because it's a job, you're earning money, you're able to support family. Yeah. And hard to discuss at that point. Even just just for yourself, you know, when uh, when someone's like, oh, well, you know, how do you make so-and-so? It's like, I have a salary now. Yeah, yep. it's I've, a real job. Yeah. I I think it's wonderful that, that we are, as I say, legitimizing this, this, this kind of whole thing. All right. All right, let's 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 leave that there, because otherwise I'm gonna go on about smite contracts and we'll be here all week. Cause yeah, cause DM Brandon's are... Twitter is constantly uh, full of <laughs> full of that kind of thing. Uh, talking about legal matters uh, and things we shouldn't talk about. Let's talk about the new Assassin's Creed, uh, because we've had leaks. Pre-E3 leaks, uh, we are expecting them to talk about Assassin's Creed Origins. I That's keep calling it Oranges because I am <laughs> bad at everything. Um, well, it's Assassin's Creed at this point, it's like apples, oranges, pears, so it's like who's able to keep track? I mean, you got the Apple of Eden, you have the Orange of Zeus, <laughs> it's like, you know, look at me juggling all these deadly was it the Was it the Pineapple of Pelor? Right! Wrong, wrong game? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> New Assassin's Creed, Egypt, new character, pyramids. Do we care? Has the Assassin's Creed franchise been so broken down that even taking the gap in development time doesn't doesn't isn't gonna fix it? There's one thing that interests me, or that it's, it's holding my attention until I find out one way or another. I'm sorry if you have to climb to the top of. Uh, a pyramid to unlock an area. I'm just. I'm, I'm gonna slap up. Controller no. across the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you just Jeez. smashed down at the base again, wouldn't you? How do you jump yeah. off a pyramid? Well, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We put. There's, there's sandstorms. The sandstorms yeah, was like so much. When you just flow down and land in a pile of really soft sand at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> It's that so thing how where you come off a pyramid. It's wider at the bottom than it is at the top. You're just gonna go. It's well, like, like you fall down it. It's like one of those. It's know. like the squirrel suit out of Just Cause. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have this problem, but you guys find that whenever you're in sand, sand gets like everywhere. Yes. Yeah, you know, you know the problem. All right. 
So these characters are going to jump into like soft sand. And then for the next half an hour, your characters are going to be walking around just kind of... My, 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 themselves my repeatedly. My my <laughs> I, I have to admit, I've never had that problem. Maybe just my orifices are tighter. I mean, potentially. Like my, I, well, I tend to wear earphones, which uh, just keeps them close. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, whatever right, you need to do. Like, I, like we, we went to, I can't, it was a couple of years ago now, we went to Italy. Um, and I actually went up that really tall tower, which mm-hmm. is the one he jumped off. Mm-hmm. You got to the top of the tower, and I got up and got round, and like I didn't realize one of the little gates they have across was meant to be closed. So I went out and had a little look, and then realized there was no actual gate here. <laughs> and I looked down. Best thing ever. I've got a photo of it on my Twitter somewhere. It's the best thing ever. I took a photograph because at the very bottom of that drop, there was uh, it's like a rubbish thing, cart type thing, and it looked like it. <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, I looked at it and showed the picture to Mrs. M. And she just went, you're not jumping, I don't care. I'm Amazing. Like, but but I had no intention, but I just looked at it and she's just like, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> no, no, come here. <laughs> but yeah, we went down and walked about and the number of times going round about that, it's the one thing I'll give the people behind Assassin's Creed. We walked round about and I stopped at a point and went. You recognize the places, right? Yeah, I know, I looked and went, that, it was, it's just a little, um, well, it's not little, it's a full-size Lincoln building. But it's just this little bit where it's like it's got like a hole at the front and this pattern and some dots down. And I looked at it and went, I know that. Google. Da, 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 da. And it's like I recognized one of the building fronts, which is the one at the very start of the game. You climb up and reach inside for the eye of something. You know, it's like there's like a secret inside this little hole. And I used to zoom in my camera. There's a hole in the building there you could set your hand into. They, they did a little really good like job with the, with the research. Why, it's why I look forward to each Assassin's Creed game and really hope it's not just another roll around the block. I have high hopes for Egypt. Egypt could be done really, really well. There's so not. much they could put in there. And I mean, we just had a... Um... I'm not pre-ordering it. I mean... I refuse to. I've been bitten too many times now. <laughs> it's, that, it's that thing where... In regards to Egypt, like, we've just had Amonkhet from Magic the Gathering, which was the Egypt-themed set, and it was done superbly. So well done. There's so much that you can get out of a game set in Egypt. I'm just a bit worried that we've pushed the franchise so far that maybe now there's no coming back. And while I'm glad that they've taken a step back and they've gone, hey, we're not going to release them year after year, we're going to take some development time now, well, I'm glad that that was a thing. I don't yes, know. I don't know if it's going to be enough to save it gameplay-wise for me. I mean, um, we jumped the shark back in 2012 with Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> we jumped the shark what? five Assassin's, years Assassin's ago. Assassin's Creed 3? Yeah. Does that one not exist? No. It's like Bioshock I, 2. I, I, Bioshock I 2 is called it, Bioshock Infinite, and I would rather people called it that than Bioshock 2. That's a rubbish name. Who would name a game Bioshock 2? <laughs> Bioshock Infinite, infinitely annoying. Um, Let's not. No fist, no fisticuffs on the podcast, please. No, it's like I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if this the, is enough to to save it for me, honestly. I, don't, I, I look at it positively because they took a chance and did Chronicles, which was India, China. China. Yeah, but the they were, ones. they were bad. Was Mark fantastic. of the Ninja copies. 
Only because Mark of the Ninja was better and timed well. Mark if of Mark the, of the Ninja, Ninja had marvelous, was amazing. Yeah, I know. But if Mark of the Ninja hadn't happened right then, those would have been like uh, theme breaking. Unfortunately mm -hmm. for them, Mark of the Ninja happened was just so much better. Came out first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. did what it did really well, and then went a couple of steps further and more. Well, it's so Clay. Clay, absolutely wonderful. Clay are wonderful at everything that they touch. Everything that they touch is is marvelous. But yeah, no, I I kind of I don't. I'm not sure. I'm glad that you guys have got kind of worries about this too, because, you know, it's... Uh, it's not that I have worries so much as I hope they don't do what they've done for the last three or four games. Yeah. Now, and they what they've copied to be... over to Far Cry. And... Also, I'm not, even, no, have... I'm not even going there. Not even don't... going there. Yeah. I how love like, like, the... Far Cry. I love the open, like, the, like, the actual worlds. They're really good. Oh, okay. And they're visually impressive. Right. And the gameplay is really fun. Mm -hmm. And I they, they need to get new writers because, oh my goodness, it's awful. Yep. Vin? I wonder if they're going to have naval battles in Assassin's Creed Origins. Because <laughs> it's on the Nile. Well, we have, we have rideable camels, says the leak that came out today. The leak to, <laughs> that, that came out today says, screw your Far Cry elephants. We're having... Rideable camels. I have only one response for naval battles in the Egypt. And it's it's it's, it's one or two words depending whether you understand my humor, and that is denial. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Please, please not. Please not. Right. We're gonna leave that where it is. We're gonna we're gonna leave that where it is, and we're gonna go from crimes against gameplay uh to crimes against games companies. And we're going to talk a little bit about Cyberpunk 2077, which is... Oh, I'm just so excited. I'm... Yeah. Oh, I'm just so excited because there's so much you can do with the Cyberpunk setting. And the CD Projekt Red are wonderful at what they do, uh, you know, at the moment in regard to RPGs. Some people took some documents oh, and yeah. threatened to release them. I don't believe them. And CD Projekt Red put up a big statement that went, we know you're holding them ransom. We know that you want, you know, stuff in return. You're not getting it. Yeah, if they do release them, please know that they're old documents. Like, please, please know that they're old documents. Uh, the story is going to be great. The gameplay is going to be great. Please believe in us. We love you a great deal. XOXO, uh, CD Projekt Red. And See, I know how sneaky CD Projekt Red are. I think it's a marketing stunt. I mean... I actually think... No, it's a fantastic one. Mm. I mean... Because it not it only is... gets gamers in, it gets people from other parts of, like, uh, And it is. It's a perfect in. response. Yeah. yeah if, it's if the they... right response regardless. Yeah. If, if it is a marketing thing, then it's re done really well. If, it, if someone actually stole some old files... Trust me, at any point in development, those files could be rendered obsolete. Hmm? Like, if you yeah. did, if someone did steal something, they stole nothing. Especially they, they from stole. that level of competence, that, that company with that level of competence internally and that many staff. It's like, how many game iterations are they going to go through before they even look at something that might be possibly good? Yeah. yeah. The think tanks for some of these companies are insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just... 
I can understand that people are excited and that people want to know because literally the video that I have playing right now is all we have. That's, yeah. that's the the cinematic trailer. Absolutely, yeah, that's absolutely all we have. And I mean, this is this is what I've based my. Uh, I'm currently in a, a cyberpunk RP uh, RP game, and this this is my entire. This was all I knew about cyberpunk going into it. And the more of it that I play, the more excited I get because I know that that's just the beginning. If they don't have net running, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to like completely just I guess. But yeah, is so this... I'm, a net, I'm a net runner at heart. My first two characters in Cyberpunk were net runners. Oh, is this something that we're excited for? System. Because I mean, yeah. everybody, yeah. every gamer ever loves traditional fantasy, right? So how do we feel about Cyberpunk? Because I know Vin, you're you're One. kind of a, a fantasy kind of kind of dude. I I went through a cyberpunk phase. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was, I was, so yeah. No, no. I love the I love the concept of near future cyberpunk, or even yeah, even far future. Yeah. Like near future is great because of how scary it it can get. Like it's right around the corner. There are two games that sit in this particular era of gameplay and this style of game: cyberpunk and Shadowrun. Oh, Shadowrun Shadow. is so Shadow, complex, the, though. The games that came out for Shadowrun, I can't, I, the name of the company fails me, but the games that came out, the isometric ones, though, where there's actually story around the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I don't normally like those like turn-based type things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is amazing. They, they're pulling the stories amazing. They're feeling it is amazing. I really do hope Cyberpunk pulls it. I hope they manage it. Because if they can pull off the same sort of, if they can show the same amount of love, dedication, and competence that the other company that I feel really bad about not remember the name of, um, managed with Shadowrun, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, if if they even put in as much love and dedication and, and um, ingenuity into f- Cyberpunk that they put into the Witcher series, yeah, right? Like Witcher Three was this enormous game. It was just enormous. And so which cyberpunk, which cyberpunk um, class do you think is going to end up in the bathtub? And how many pictures of it do you think uh, PC gamer going to use? Are the pips going to hide in her like um, picture documents? So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited because um, we were talking and and to to echo off your point, Vin, we were talking last week about The Witcher because The Witcher always finds a home on this podcast somewhere or another. Um, and I was talking about the fact that in The Witcher 3, I walked back and forth on cast for half an hour debating on which way to go with a quest because the narrative complexity was absolutely, absolutely sprawling. It was there mm. and it was solid. And the narrative Hair-brained. complexity is, is perfect. Hmm? Hairbrained schemes. Oh, yes. Yes. I know. They did an amazing job. I spoke to those guys on a number of occasions and they are so invested personally in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like the the game world that they're just like we can't give this to other players to play if we can't be proud of it as our own thing. Right. Was their mm-hmm. like outlook on it, and they did it justice. It's the chef method. Yeah. Yeah. If I wouldn't eat this myself, I'm not serving it to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's. Yeah. I'm... I love that analogy. Actually, a chef just like building up this game and putting it together and cooking it just right. It's like it. It applies to games. So yeah, well. yeah. If I this if this carries the same amount of complexity, um, sort of narrative wise and world wise, I, I this has got to be a winner, surely. I, I think it will. And look, I mean, just, how could it not? Just, oh, so good. They 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 kind of um, the the themes that you see just in this cinematic trailer are so spot on. 
they're so well sort of um, discovered all the way through that it just. Anyone for a street samurai? Right. Oh. Right. Okay. All right. I'm. I'm interested. Just before you go, I'm interested yep. in how to deal with the magic system. Yes. That's the what. That's the one that's going to make it or break it for me personally. Is it, I. Mm, I'm curious. I've got no idea how they're going to handle it because there's so many different ways they could. It's. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously mm -hmm. we, we just don't have any information at this point, and I'm hoping mm -hmm. that at E3 we get some solid, this is what it's going to be like, this is what the setting's going to be like, this is what it's going to be like thematically, have fun. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm... If, they can, if they can make the game world feel like the game world from the books, and, or even from some of the novels, mm. uh, if they can keep that when you're playing the game, if that's the grittiness, light-hearted grittiness with Cyberpunk, because it can be really lighthearted and fun and bouncy and slacky, and then you get the under, like the actual dark uh, and then And then the you world. see a mega corporation and you're like, ah, eh. yes. Some of them are really shiny, happy Apple. And some of them are really shiny, happy Google. And then you get the ones that are military. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Scary, scary. All right. Let's, so let's, let's hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Another thing that I'm actually fingers crossing on uh, is that Doferims might have just put out new co-op modes. I, I'm waiting on it patching. I, I paused it for this. Ah, <laughs> so this has got you back and playing, right? I I'm would, gonna, yeah, I would play it. both of these games for the co-op. You, want, you yeah. want to try it afterwards on here? Sure, what are you doing? I, I, I was going to be streaming, probably. I'm uh, making no, you got Smite or... Um, I'm I'm probably gonna end up looking at both, honestly, because I've never liked Dota as a MOBA, but playing it with other people, without other players against me, I couldn't even play Dota two with other players. Yeah, I just because as much as as much as I've now got like at least the people from my chat will be like, uh huh. Um, I don't get on with League because I never really had a chance to play it without dealing with the dregs. Right. Um, the people that dragged me in went, get to 30, then we'll play. Fantastic way to just scare somebody off again. Yeah, no. It's an amazing way to just make somebody go, wow, that's what I'm expecting to play with? No. Why See, am I playing yeah, that's... Um, Dota 2, just, I don't know, it's a, re it's a really shiny game. It's graphically quite nice. I, I can appreciate why people like the gameplay, and I couldn't stand it. Just me personally, couldn't... Yeah, no. I'm in the same boat as you. Like, uh, Lee came to so me super fun. easy... Smite came to me super easy. Hearts came to me super easy. Dota, I'm looking at all these things. And then there's a day-night cycle. I always joke about the day-night cycle. There's a day-night cycle and my entire brain goes, ah. Well, Dota's the oldest one, right? It's had the longest time to no, have the most... No, Heroes of Newest was before that, wasn't it? Thank you. Was it on? On, mm -hmm. on with, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Dota was originally a game mode? Yes. Yeah, game mode for Warcraft 3. Three. Warcraft 3. Yes. Yeah, see, like, I, I I, like watching MOBAs, I love people being passionate about MOBAs, but MOBAs just aren't, just aren't my thing. But if they put in, like, a co-op dungeon PvE style, mm -hmm. I would definitely jump into that. Why yep. not? Yep. So there's yep. one for Smite at the moment, um, which is something to do with Hercules. Um, the Trials of Hercules. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, the Dota 2 one, I don't know too much about right now, but I'm excited to see what it's like and whether that can get me into the game. Is this a good move then, do we think? I take it from the fact that both of yes. you want to play it, this is a this is a good move. 
Um, Isla, I think, is a fantastic move. Um, it's bringing in I... the people that don't want to play Dota or League as is. It's going to bring in the people that want to play co-op. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's like, why I, I, I will love, play half these games. I love playing PVE against if it's like a handful of players against nearly impossible odds, right? Against a super swarm hard games. AI computer. Hmm? Like the swarm modes. The, uh, not just swarm modes, but for example, my my best friend Aaron and I, whenever we play a co-op game, we always play it on hardest difficulty. Like oh. I prefer I prefer beating my head against a hard difficulty co-op with someone. Yeah. Versus yes. beating my head against, say, the ladder. See, right? Right. Pip, Pip shaking your head, but at the same time, I will deliberately, it's like the number of games I'll put on and I'll look at it and go, hard or insane? It's like insane. easy and very easy, or was it the, the game modes where you want to go through a story? I will still, my investment on a first playthrough is always story, but if it's not difficult, it's not a challenge, therefore I'm not really interested. It loses out on right. it. There are very few games I turn down. I always say, if it's not trying to kill you, it's not having fun. See, this is the thing. I think I, I think a part of me regretted setting the difficulty for The Witcher 3 solo, which is why we're going through it in a towel. Uh, I just did a level, I think it was 26 quest, at level 12. Ooh. In a towel. <laughs> Up the difficulty, or restart, stop being lazy. No! You're a wuss. No, I refuse. You're a wuss. You're a wuss. I refuse. I mean, hey, you get to do it in a towel, right? I get and... to do it in a towel, it's wonderful! Okay. Yeah. Like, because yeah. everybody and comes in and is like, why are and you naked? Where it's... is your armor? And I'm like, this is my armor. Is my armor. I have an armor rating of two. Like, it's at, great. At no, that's point, a, that was only it, one. Yeah, sorry, it sort of shows your skill. Right? That you could do a level 26 at 12 in a towel. Dark it's like your evasion tactics are good. Right? See? Now, now it's Dark Souls. Like, it's wonderful. <laughs> Just don't get hit. That's Just, all. Yeah, health is a crutch, man. Health is a crutch. <laughs> you just not just in games, um, <laughs> right? Uh, <yeah>. No, it's <laughs> like I com coming back, coming back to it. I think having these co-op modes that you struggle against, and it's actually why I really like uh, Fable Fortunes as a card game. Co-op mode because of the co-op modes, and the co-op modes get co more difficult, and you sit there shouting at each other, pinging each other's cards because you Do know how to play thing. their hand. They know how to play your hand, and it just it works. I I like I like having this investment with friends and and other people, and I think it's a great way to bring in new players. Why are you looking like that at me? You 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 requested right at the start of this podcast that I'd be nice and be friendly and helpful. So I'm not going to comment on card games at all. No, not not Ooh. card games as a whole, because you don't know shit. Uh, it's complete, no, it's the, it's the opposite. It, it, it's the opposite. I know too much about them, and RNG hates me. Right. Intimately. <laughs> yeah. um, well, no, mean, it's if, like, I will thoroughly enjoy, like, some of this, if I want to chill out, I'll watch people playing Hearthstone. Um, or Gwent. Um, I'll lurk in your streams when you're playing Gwent and stuff like that, because they're interesting games to watch, and I thoroughly enjoy them if people are good at them. Hmm? Or, are but, or are learning them, but are actually progressing. Yeah. You, know, you can see them learning, you can see them getting better. I love that aspect of watching other people play games. Card games, Magic the Gathering, is, and I don't like the pricing model, but... That aside, Magic the Gathering is the entry level into card games. Technically, Hearthstone has that badge now because it's so easy to get into. Yeah. Um, but Hearthstone, Magic the Gathering, Gwent, there we go, that box set. Um, there are, like, some of my friends <laughs> in Glasgow have, like, 30, 
to 40 completely different card games around like superheroes yep. and the, all sorts of things right yeah superhero card games ccgs there's like dozens of them mm-hmm. um, um and they're all fantastic to watch them play them and i as of me personally i cannot stand them i would happily burn all the cards if they didn't look so pretty Oh, no. But it's why I, I, I love it. It's like I watch people play League of Legends. I love watching the LCS and stuff like that. I won't play it. Yeah, that's yeah, fair enough. Same. That's fair enough. Same. But no, I love watching. Like, I think having a co-op experience with your friends where, you know, you battle through things together. And that's kind of nice. Double card. Yeah. That's kind of nice. All right. Let's, let's... Uh, let's card that you? Like Gambit? No. Ah. No. But we're going to stay with card fun. games for a little bit longer. We're going to stay with card games for a little bit longer. We've just We've just talked about Magic the Gathering. And oh, I bet I can get you to come and play I, this with me. I, I may have segued. Uh, Wall said there would never be any, so I had to put him wrong. Oh, dude, like, I've I've come, like, I've put the worst segues in today, and it's been wonderful. Worth it. It's been wonderful. Uh, to, staying, with, staying with card games and staying with Magic the Gathering, Magic the Gathering, it has been announced, is having an RPG, right? We might know that it's not just an RPG. It's going to be a free-to-play MMO built by the same team as built, or, or a very similar team, um, as built the Neverwinter uh, MMO. And I am beside myself. Like, I genuinely have a tiny weeny flutter in my heart and a, and a little <gasps> face. It's literally she to fix her cam earlier because it was too over. Right. Uh, every time, just, just every time somebody mentions this, I'm like, I get to be a planeswalker and we're going to go to all the planes because there's so many amazing settings, so many amazing characters. Like I've put up the trailer for Amonkhet, which is the, um, the current set, right? Um, and it's all, it's all to do with, um, these Egyptian gods and, uh, Bolas being like an, an absolute overlord over the whole lot of it. And it's just, oh, it's wonderful. Uh, before that, we had Kaladesh, and we've got Zendikar, and we've got like Phyrexia, and the, the vampire one. Yes, um, I, I know them by uh, the Innistrad. vampire one, the colorful one, and now the Egyptian one. Now the Egyptian one, yeah. I just, oh, I'm so excited for this because there are so many amazing settings, and if Wizards of the Coast do anything well, it's pull forward these gorgeous, beautiful settings. And I could not be more excited for this. I could not. And I, I have a feeling that I'm probably about the only one. Again, no, if it's... No, as long as Wizards of the Coast leave the developer to do it, and leave, like, so, sure, be be a hard-ass in the lore. Sure, makes perfect sense, especially for a game like this. Be a hard-ass in the lore. Be Blizzard-esque about it. Yeah. Like, straight to the wall, keep the lore the proper lore, or you're going to alienate your core player base. Yep. Straight if, up. If People the lore doesn't make sense... People that you have grabbed. Yeah, if the law yep. doesn't make sense. And the law, I think, is friendly enough that anybody can grab it. I learned. I think it's, I, I think it's fascinating that Magic the Gathering has a lore. Right? For example... It has to um, with the scope, though. What? It has to with the scope. What do you mean you're... you're yeah. what, what do you mean you're surprised it has lore? Wait, what? Well, it's only I'm, a card I'm game. Because compared to other card games... Other collectible card games, right? That don't have a built-in lore into their universe. I'm having like a tiny meltdown. Yes. I like that. um, I I played Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day, and it was literally just uh, they, they're like just, they're just monsters then, right? Yeah, they were yeah. just monsters or or Pokemon, 
right? Pokemon was just the monsters from the from the anime from the show put into a card form, but Magic the Gathering has built a lore around its cards. Yes, each and around set. The each set is a story. That's fascinating for me. Like, it's incredible. Re like again reprints. We have recurring characters that do similar things on similar planes, so we are then allowed reprints. But then like, when they move to the new area, sometimes the actual theme of the area or the background area, the lore in the area, like, alters their powers in some way or, like, mm -hmm. like makes some less powerful, some more powerful. Because, yes. hey, they're now in their own element, so they're now super powerful. You say that, it also works the other way. So Chandra, yeah. who is the, um, she, she's a, a little fiery lady, right? Uh, mm -hmm. She's a, a fire-based planeswalker. She recently went home, where the last time she was there, she set a bunch of shit on fire... Um, her parents upset a, a great amount of the, the sort of ruling government there, and she sort of whoop, into thin air before she could be captured. Oh. So she went home. And she was Ooh, locked in a box that? for a little while because, you know, that she shouldn't... Oh, she was arrested on site. Oh, damn. Yeah, they knew exactly who she was. They knew Ooh. absolutely exactly and, who she was. And I believe from the... I know the bit of lore you're talking about, and I believe they also knew she was coming back and were prepared for her. Yup. Yup. Cause I like that. She couldn't resist it. Bolas, who is the, the pharaoh god in, like, this set, has been in magic since time itself. He's this gigantic dragon-looking dude who is... Is he the antagonist? Like... For the entire thing. Everybody is his pawn. Over oh, okay. all of these planes. Everybody is his okay. pawn, and everybody moves to his plan, and if they don't, he just steps on them. Wow. So the fact that they've turned up and suddenly he's there, that's that's not that's not a, a good thing. How do they portray the law? They do um uh, they do stories that go with each set. Uh, each set tells a story, so various cards are various events that happen there. Um, they're all monsters that appear on that plane, etc. Each card, or, or lots of the cards, have um, flavor text. Um, so, for example, uh, the one that, that um, I, I always used to get reminded of was uh, Goblin Cannon. So, uh, step one, uh, grab your cousin. Like, step two, pop him in the cannon. Step three, fire. Step four, find another cousin. Like, it, it, that kind of thing. It's, it's all these Wait, little... Wait, multiple cards, or...? No, that's one card. That's one card. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if you buy big sets, you get the story booklet with it. And now every set comes with uh, story cards. And they're marked um, on the text bit, so you can follow the story along. Yes. Oh. Yes. Cool. Um, which is really neat. So, yeah, there's a, there's a big interconnected lore. It's this big sweeping story that goes on from way before I started playing. And there's a story across multiple cards. Yeah, like... Um, there's usually, I think it's five a set now. I don't know if I have one to hand, but um, yeah, it's it's really clever the way that they do that. And they write stories outside of it to complement that. Um, it's it's good. It's good. And it's a really good card game to get involved with for people like me who like stories and not so much card mechanics. Because you can build a deck that relates to the story that's going on right now. I, I, love, the kid I love the kid learning how to fight with the, the, um, the gold. With the bow staff? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the actually sort of like animated a golem to help teach the child how to fight properly. Mm. I have a question. So, <laughs> is this MMO going to be more Elder Scrolls Online or World of Warcraft? God, I hope not. What I what I mean by that is, 
Elder Scrolls Online is set in between Oblivion and and Skyrim. It has a set pace. Whereas like, WoW is an ongoing. It's ongoing, yeah. Like once you once Blizzard went into WoW, they can't do any more Warcraft games because it's from present time onwards. When are you going to set the Warcraft game? They could definitely do another Warcraft. They could definitely do another Warcraft one because we've got so much, so many stories to tell mm. that you're aware of that you never actually see. The nice actually, thing... the Warcraft movie was a perfect example of that. Because mm. it was a section mm. of the story that you don't. Yeah, you wouldn't see. You've never been able to interact with. You didn't even know. You knew it happened. But they never did it in detail. I personally really like the Warcraft movie. I'm I'm gonna uh, be honest. I'll go with Dasso in chat and say that neither because of the way that Magic the Gathering works. Mm. So Magic the Gathering is built around planeswalkers that walk between all these several planes. So while we're looking at the story on Amonkhet right now, there's still stuff going on on Innistrad. There's still stuff going on in Phyrexia. There's still stuff going on in, in X-Plane, Y-Plane. There's still stuff going on in Zendikar. There's still stuff going on in here and there and ever. But we don't follow that. We're following the Gatewatch, the, the group of main planeswalkers. So, actually, it could do anything it wanted. Because we're not following every plane all of the time. We're only ever looking at one thing at a time. That's a huge one, actually. That basically, when they first open up the MMO, they can concentrate on possibly the first thing they ever brought out and then work their way through the lore, card pack by card, like, you know, like release by release by release. Oh, let me see. How many expansions do they have pre-planned already then? <laughs> or, if, they do a play, if they do a plane walker style? Or, if we're, if we're still following that train of thought, we're in Amonkhet right now. So what's happening in, what's happening in Zendikar? Anything could be happening in Zendikar. Three sets down the line, ten sets down the line, whatever it is, when we come back, back to, to Zendikar, mm. you've got game law that's established what's happened in Zendikar since the Planeswalkers last left. Yep. Mm. But you get to be a part of it instead. Yep. What I hope they... What if they're got... I, uh, I don't... You can never tell whether a game company will do it or not. It's almost expected they're going to bring cards into it in some way mm -hmm. but if it ends up a card based power game no it's gonna kill it yeah i don't i don't see it being a... they, they've got the option of they could either do it really really well and surprise everyone or they're just going to completely fail like horribly and the only people they'll get playing it are the actual hardline mmo players Magic Gathering fanatics. Yeah. And that's not a community you want to be a part of. I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm hoping for, as I say, I'm hoping that um, because there's so much scope here, there's so much mm. that you can do with this formula, it does really well. Focus. But it's interesting to see the two of you actually chatting about it now, whereas when I said about this initially, everybody's like, oh, Magic the Gathering. I was winding you up. But it's, hmm? but it's interesting to see that actually people from outside the Magic the Gathering community are like, yeah, this has scope. This could I go somewhere. play Magic the Gathering. I know, I know. I'm not I've saying just, about, I'm never, not saying I've about you. I've just never like... admitted it to you before. <laughs> it's good. It's good. All right. So now that we've talked about a game that I want, should we talk, about, should we talk a little bit about games that we have and that we love? Mm. So, yes. game recommendations. Uh, we do these every week. Uh, just a, a quick brief link. I've been playing this and I think it's good why. Um, I actually really like this section. This is my this is my favorite section. Um, TJ 
Do you want to go first? Yeah, we almost had a fight about this at the start. We did, we did. I had to change my initial plan because... Oh, I saw because that, Because yeah. Marathi came in and was like, Oh, you took my game! Yeah, well, the, the, oh. first, time, the first time I saw your notes, it kind of went, this week's game recommendations, and left it open. I was like, oh, I know what it is, I'm going to go get blah, blah, blah. Then went back and looked and you've written it, and I'm like... <laughs> Too late! I am, I am no. really enjoying this one. So yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, Dead Cells. Mm -hmm. um, it's a game by Motion Twin, and where's my thing? Motion Twin. Uh, it's currently still in early access, which is stunning to me because right now it would be good enough in my eyes to be a full release game already and be pushing for extra in-game content. And you haven't even been playing the expansion that I've been playing. <laughs> and, yeah, there's an expansion out yeah. in between the last time I played it and this podcast happening. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, uh, the Elemental. Elemental. Uh, the Elemental update. Uh, which looks so good. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's a roguelike Metroidvania-esque game, and it's a platformer. You're looking at it from the side, and just, just so good. Um, it flows really well. The controls are fantastic and really easily get. I, it's one of these ones where if you're going to play it, play it with controller. This is from a PC gamer. Play it with controller. It, it. It plays so much more fluidly with the controller. Um, and it's out on Windows. It's out on Windows just now. It will be out on Mac and Linux mm -hmm. at some point. Um, it's just, as you move through the game, it's almost like binding of Isaac-esque in the way that the more you play through the game, you unlock some stuff. You play through the game, you unlock some stuff. But you unlock it by you move through the game, you kill things, killing things gets you orbs and stuff like that, or souls. Um, dead cells. Cells, yeah. Cells, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, dead souls. Um, <laughs> work your way through the game. I actually know it very much is kind of like a dead soulsy type game yes. because you make one mistake, you're and dead. And that's it. And there are, there are curses in the game. They go, hey, if something breathes on you too hard, yeah, you're dead. Like, yeah. you're done. You've got multiple ways. It's like you go down, you find something, you go, oh, there's a thing behind a door I want. I can either pay, like, so, uh, what I was looking for, um, resources. Yeah. You can pay resource numbers, like, basically just, like, uh, like gold. coin, money, yeah. gold. Yep. You pay gold to open the door, you go in, you get the thing. Or you can just beat the door down and take the thing. Slight downside. That ticks off the gods. Really ticks them off. Depending on how powerful the item is, depends on just how much you tick the gods off. And what happens is you get, as Pip said, you get a curse on you. Um, for the next, until you, the next 10 enemies, you must kill them as a sacrifice to the gods to repay their anger. Mm. Up until that point, one hit kill. One one it hit could, kills you. Like it, it could be it could be you fall silly too hard and hit the edge of something wrong and hurt yourself. You're dead. Yep. Vin, you will absolutely love it because in addition to breaking down doors, there are also talking chests that bite your hand as you open them and they will give you a curse <laughs> too. Yep. But the same way. Yeah, you can choose it. The, the, and the cursed chest will goad you to open them. Yeah. You can walk past them and the chest is like, Psst, hey, hey, don't you want don't you want this? Hey. And you just like I oh, cool stuff. Yeah. The thing is, it usually is really cool stuff. Yeah, it is really good stuff, usually. Um, but yeah, no, um, Dead Cells is great. It's super fluid. The control scheme yeah. is, is really, really good, and I, I recommend this one with you, like, wholeheartedly. I, I just noticed that they've got entire sections of the game that you can't access until you beat something significant. Yes. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah. 
I just got... You will see things. You will see things in the game in places and you can't get to them. Yeah. You'll see things and it'll be like, tickle this, and you tickle it and nothing happens. It's like, but why? Um, but no, it's... it's, The longest time. Yeah. It's good. It's good, it's good, it's good. All right, Vin. Vin, what's your game of the week? My game of the week is actually an older game. Well, I say older game. It's about three years old. Dungeon of the Endless by Amplitude Studios came out back in 2014, but my friend and I only just rediscovered, only just discovered it. So it is a uh, sort of tower defense slash um, rogue rogue like game. Basically, you are a bunch of people in a um, in a spaceship. Your spaceship crashes into another ship, and you have to find your way out of it. Um, your your ship has a power core. You go into the different rooms. Um, it's have have any of you guys played uh, the Munchkins card game? Yes. It's a little bit like that. Like every time, every turn, you kick down the door and you see what's on the other side. Uh, it can be like big scary monsters with with team based hero play. That was that's the most important part. We were looking for a co op game. Oh damn! To, really yeah, we hmm. we. We pretty much burned through all of the co-op games on our list, and we were looking for a new hard one. And he said, "Oh, check out Dungeon of the Endless," and we we did. And it's just it, one moment that jumps out to me is we discovered um, you can hire mercenaries in the game, right? You can hire mercenaries. I I think they become new characters if you pull them if you like uh, carry them all the way to the to the end of the game, of which there are twelve floors. Um, he was a chef, right? So I had enough food to keep myself alive, but in order to hire the chef, he's like, give me practically all of my food, right? So I gave him all of my food. I take him on as a character and I forgot about him. So I left the, I forgot about him. I left him in a dark room. And when you, every time you open a new room, it's considered a new turn. And rooms that are left dark have a chance to spawn monsters in them. I forgot about him. So at the start of the next turn, darkness came and he was surrounded by monsters. And I was like, why is my controller buzzing? He died. <laughs> I paid all of my food for nothing Lord. and he died. Yeah. So it's it's definitely it's it's, it's hardcore experience then, yeah. It's it's definitely a hardcore experience and I, I'm loving it. I'm loving the co-op aspect. I'm loving the strategy aspect. Mm-hmm. I'm loving the resource management because everything gets more expensive as you as you as you start purchasing them and buying them and putting more things like down. You don't really get any more resources any faster as you go on, so you really have to pick and choose what you want. Yeah. It's important. Yep. That's really neat. Yep. Resource resource management at its most critical because every choice does actually matter at some point. Yes. You, it could be like two, three floors up. Okay. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. No, I've I've seen it and it looks really good. It's just maybe I might I might give this a go this week. Oh, the difficulties are a lie. Uh-huh. Too easy and easy. That's a filthy lie. Yeah. It's it's not easy at all. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Okay. But you can you can team up with uh. It's up to four player co op. Mhm. So each each person has a different character and each character has different strengths and abilities. Like one is a very good. Uh, one is a very good builder. Uh, they can repair um, your turrets and stuff like that, and your and your resource gathering machines. 
Another that I play is the Pyro from TF2, which I have an aura of burn ability. Whenever I'm in a room, right, if a lot of things spawn around me, I just light them all on fire. As, as you do. As I do. No. So it's, I like it. I yeah, like this it sounds really great. This sounds really great. All right. Um, my, my recommendation for this week is, and I'm going to go back to where we were talking earlier, about a game that has been reproduced entirely frame by frame with the old version. This is uh, Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. It has just landed on Steam. Um, I got it on the Switch a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it just landed on Steam. It is incredible. And you can choose whether you want to play the new version or the old version. Um, it's an old school um, side-scrolling uh, platformer game. Um, mm -hmm. It's hardcore, like it's 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 a difficult game because again, it is frame by frame exactly the same as the old version, and you can switch between them in game um, to see that they are just exactly the same all the way through. Uh, the new animation is absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning, hands down. Oh, we're just going to see the bit now. Uh, you guys will see it in a sec. Wait, you can play it in 8-bit. Or you can play it in, um, uh, in, the, in the new HD version. Um, it's beautifully drawn. It's a beautiful game. The idea is you're a hero who goes to slay the dragon. And you start the game by going to the first boss fight and slaying the dragon. And as you do, the dragon curses you. So, you're, you're now a dragon. Hmm. You're a, you're a little lizardy dude. Um, so your new weapon instead of your sword is that you breathe fire. And in the end, in order to be able to get down to the water places, uh, you become like a, a little um, water nymphy fishy dude. Um, you become a mouse who can climb up the walls. You become Hawkman who can fly. Like he's lizard man, not a dragon, but yeah, you you guys get the idea. Um, it's amazing, and it's really good for. Um, players who are new to this level of difficulty, because when you die, you keep all your currency, but all the currency in the world respawns. So you can hmm. buy better armor. To help you through that bit. To help like, you through you that bit that you can't do. Okay. It is super linear, because that's the way that the game was designed in the first place, because you start out as, as Lizard Man, and then you become Mouse Man, or whatever they are. Um, yep. And you go through all these different forms. But it's so clever it's so so clever and as a frame by frame recreation uh it's just a wonderful wonderful sit down hardcore experience to just play a little bit of and then put it away and then play a bit more of and then put it away it's it's really good drop in drop out gameplay and i absolutely absolutely wholeheartedly say that if this is in any way your kind of deal go and buy it because um, i don't think it's that expensive either i think it was something like 15 pound um, on the on the switch, I want to say I have the the link here for it. Let me pop that in chat because I forgot to do that earlier. Who's a switch though? Uh, I do. I really like the switch. I think the switch is a great console. Don't don't start that. Uh, but yeah, they did the same thing with uh, Monkey Island and Grim Fandango. Mm. Um, but this you is switch it with another console. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually really like the Switch as a console. I hope it does really, really well. But yeah, this is Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap, and I, I this this is my recommendation for this week. If you have a Switch and you want something handheld, if you have a PS4 um, and you want something that you know you can play on the Vita quietly 
um, or you know, you want to see again. These the animation quality is absolutely gorgeous. I On a love big the screen, it it just looks stunning. It mm. like it it really really is. Um, I I adore it, and it doesn't get old despite me going through the same bloody area sixteen thousand times because that one fire trap I always forget about. Um, <laughs> It doesn't get old. It just doesn't. It's it's wonderful, fresh game. Now, does the trap never sense of it? Nah. Uh, so yeah, no. This is my recommendation for the week. Um, Wonder Boy is great. If you can play the original, go do that. If that's not your kind of deal, go and play this because it's shiny and wonderful. Um, I do love the look of the graphics of the console. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's really really pretty. Um, yeah, do it. It works really really nicely on the PS4. Um, so, I kind of want to give Sam a game recommendation, but he doesn't deserve one because he's in LA. So, let's <laughs> talk about why he's in LA. We weren't going to get away with doing a podcast without bringing oh. it up. It's E3 time! How excited are we about E3? I'm totally excited about Elongated Extreme Ends. <laughs> Or elevated industry elephants. Industry elephants. Industry. And, uh, industry industry elephants. Because yes. if they keep pushing E3 the way they're going, and if the big AAAs and stuff like that keep doing things the way they're doing, it's going to be the end of them, given how good indies are getting now. Okay. And how much support indies are getting now from like the press core. Sam apparently recommends Minesweeper. Uh... <laughs> Sam's, uh, this is this is why he doesn't get one. Sam's recommendation is not it's not on this way. Oh, so with things like Gamescom becoming as big as they are and indies being supported as, as well as they are, as you say, is E three still an important event for gamers? I because... think it's an I think it's an important event for the companies. Right, within the marketing and the um, the investors, I don't know if it's so much important for consumers and influencers. It's interesting you say that because this is the first year, obviously, that they've sold yeah. public tickets, and we have yep. to remember that the public who've bought these tickets can't do half the things that. Nope. They're going to expecting it like, from the people I've asked. I've asked them blind. I, I know there's like a easy like 20 30 people i know like in the uk that i've spoken to at the couple of events over the last little bit um things like rezzed and twitch london and stuff like that i've asked some people going are you going to e3 they're like yeah i managed to get some like uh, like tickets because they're doing that now and i'm like yeah so what are you expecting blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and i'm sitting there going that's great that's not e3 no you're expecting they're expecting to go to a con they're expecting it's to not, go to PAX. It's, a, it's an industry event. Mm. It's not a PAX. It's not an Insomnia. It's not a Gamescom. It's definitely not a Gamescom. It's the same scope as a Gamescom. Mm -hmm. But unless you are an industry leader or in the industry and by ways of like, we're not talking like developers here. We're talking about CEOs, CFOs. Yep. If you're a CTOs, if you're not it's one of these thing. people or press, E3 is not for you. Unless yeah. that's the part of the industry you're intending on going into. If you're aiming to be the CEO of something, or you're aiming to go into management in a large games company, then you need sure, network. Go to E3. Yeah. Go to E3. That's fantastic. You, you, you network with the people at E3 because those are going to be the managers. The, the, they're going to be the, the people you're looking to talk or, to. Yeah, maybe not the producers or the designers, but they're going to be the guys who are the, 
the, the, the publications, right? The publication marketing, people, sales. marketing yeah. That's, go, that's what's going on at E3. That's going to be the news. That's where you get your overlap between the conventions and E3 hmm. and stuff like it, um, is your marketing people. Yep. Yeah. That's your major overlap. People sort of go, oh, well, I talk to these like community managers all the time. Most of them aren't going to be at E3. Or if they are, they're there to be community manager links between their upper management and other management going, hey, I'm the community manager for this game, and our guy would really love to talk to your guy. Yeah. Although this time around, an awful lot of community managers are going because they're going to be public. Mm. It, it interests me, though, that... Um, to, I've noticed two things on Twitter. And I'm going to put both to you and, and see how you guys kind of go with that. So one of them is that uh, E3 is for games that are being released 27 years from now. And so for <laughs> us, there's not a great deal of point looking at, you know, what's going on at E3 because these games are so far apart. The second one is that the press that are going, and obviously as, as content creators, you know, we have to be looking at these events as are these worthwhile events for us to go to you know every everyone that we get to also congratulations scotland for your insomnia events great yep. job there absolutely mm -hmm. great job there um, this is the second one in fact it's not even the yes, first the number of yeah. people that are like oh this is the first one it's like nope, nope this is the second, the second one because the first one did so well mm -hmm. um they're doing them out in ireland now as well and they're going they're going really That's well too one. so yeah congratulations to them um, but yeah, we, we look at all these events, we look at Insomnias, we look at EGX, we look at PAX, we look at uh, Resd, we look at TwitchCon, we look at Twitch London, and we go, okay, what is the benefit of us being there as content creators? And a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter have said, hey, there's going to be so many people uh, sort of in the public sphere walking around, we're not going to be able to get to any of our appointments. Everybody's going to be held problem. up. It's going to be busy. And I've taken, I've taken appointments at PAX is probably the biggest um, uh, event that I've taken interviews at. It's so difficult to find somewhere to be where you're inside of the booth, where it's you know you're you're not being drowned out by millions of people, where the lighting is good, where you're not being shoved from side to side. It's oh, so difficult. Yes, that's yeah. where that's yeah. where you actually can tell the big the big folks that have done it before from the kind of newcomers to it is that the bigger companies, things like, for example, to fill up uh, Battlegrounds, mm -hmm. um, the, the Blue Hole people and um, Player Unknowns a lot, um, that's like Sammy and such, yep. they had a little section off to the side where you could just go and sit down. You could still see the floor, you could see yep. all the people, you could still hear things going on around about you, but it was a little sound... private place you could do stuff. Yeah. The the other one the other one that um, I'm always in awe of is the guys that bring a separate step and repeat banner, right? There are lots of indie people at the moment who are bringing an extra banner so that you can go to the press lounge with their banner and you can interview them in front of their banner and then they take it back to their booth and then when the next person comes along they have a banner so you find somewhere quiet and they put their yeah, banner right. so that you know. You've got somewhere quiet because it's so difficult to not only get to these appointments through 15,000, through 150,000, whatever it is, people. But to have them work in right? the post. Like, what if you're, the when you're recording I... and it's not like blah, 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 yeah. blah. Oh, that kind Same of thing. Same time, that's why point. I love things like packs and stuff like that, where it's an awful lot of the bigger, better known, well-enforced events is that an awful lot of the time you'll be you could be standing out in the not in the game center but like up at one of the areas like the access points like in packs you'd like the walkways 
coming out of the hotels and stuff. You could be standing there talking to somebody with a camera on you and stuff like that, and people will like whoop and walk around. Yep. I've had, I've destroyed two lenses going to EGX events, and we're talking, you know, 200 pound lenses where somebody's just barreled into my camera and just knocked it straight to the floor and then looked at me and walked away. And we're oh, talking, cool. we're talking, uh, my AF, my AF stuff is all bust, the glass on the front is cracked, the whole lot. I've lost two lenses that way because people do not understand that if you put a camera there, I don't want you to walk into it. I'm trying to work. Um, or walk I, in front of it, or do, oh, barging walking, into something in the first Walking in front just, of it, I can, I can forgive. But but walking into it, and then looking like, at it, it looking tripod, at me, okay. walking away, and I've seen it happen to so many people. And this is, I feel, what E3 is going to be, is that a lot of the press aren't going to be able to do their jobs. Oh yeah, somebody stole a bit off my tripod one year. So that I had a what? I had a non-functioning tripod. Uh, somebody no. took a, a plate um, off the top of my tripod out of the back of my bag as I was walking oh, through the hall. Yeah, wow. so I couldn't use my tripod. Um, a, a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful member of my community actually went out and bought me a fresh tripod because wow. I didn't have a tripod to work three days with. It's yeah. it's One difficult. Thing I, will say, I, I don't think he will have the problem. Because I've used actually it was I think it was um, Squall posted it. Um, actually, I think he tweeted it. The map? Uh, there's an image up that I still have here. I don't know where it came from. I think it was from his tweet. Um, he posted up an overview of X of Exhibit Hall Level One. Yes. And marked on it. Here's the cool stuff. You can't go here. You don't care about anything in here. And the entire upper first floor and stuff gone. like that. Yeah. They can't get to. So no, they're not. If you, I'm going to have that problem because everywhere that you'd want to be as a press person, they can't go anyway. But it's, it's kind of sad then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, how much yeah. they're paying for it, it's amazing the places they, they just can't, can't go. All yeah. the really cool places they don't get to go because there's NDAs on it. But what's the point? Exactly. Welcome exactly. to E3's latest entry thing. Yeah, come and look at some of the cool stuff that people that, that these companies have allowed you to look at. There's some cool kit here, there's some cool tech you might want to look at. I will I'll repost it in it. chat for you. Oh. I'll I'll repost it in chat for you. The the idea is there's a lot of stuff that people can't go and see that they're expecting to be able to go and see. These people are expecting they've paid the money, they're gonna go and see it. But they just can't because it's all blocked off. Uh... Yep. They'll see all the little blurbs and stuff going, Hey, this company's here with all this really new cool stuff and they're gonna be talking about this other new cool stuff. Oh they... guess what? You can't actually get there. Yeah. There's gonna be an awful lot of angry people after E3. A lot of angry because people. it's not what they expected and honestly they'd be better they'd be better going to something like gamescom or pax yep. gamescom and pax are wonderful wonderful experiences See, especially if you're setting out as a content creator yeah the bigger problems with pax is getting tickets pax west went on sale the other week there and was sold out in less than an hour and everybody was in meetings everybody yep. was in meetings so so many people missed them I got four tickets for people that basically had asked me, please get tickets. There were 20 of us at the same time trying to get tickets. I was the only person out of 20 to get them. I got all four. Yeah, it's super difficult. It's super difficult. Unless somebody gets me a PAX East Pass when they go up, I I can't get them. Uh, we'll talk, I can talk to you after. Yeah, you, under yeah. you yeah. understand what I'm saying though. Like Yes, no, I, I actually have a response to that that I can't talk about on here. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's it's difficult though because they do like they go it, up for sale and then that's it they're gone. You like it? Like, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, I but... almost made an oops. Okay, so as far as E three is concerned, then is there anything that you guys are excited to see at E three? And at I'm this point, I want to give a shout out to Ooblets because Ooblets is wonderful. They're going to be shown off by PC Gamer and they're going to be great. But yes, what are you guys excited for um, at E three? If if anything. I... As much as I'm not, as much as I work for them, um, technically, uh, the new 4K console, the Scorpio. Yeah. There's going to be new, there's going to be, not just, they're not, like, from the blog I've seen online. This is where I have to be really careful. Um, the new stuff they've, like, posted that is publicly posted up by places like um, Pocketlint and PC Gamer and stuff like that. There's new stuff supposedly coming out about the Scorpio that you haven't heard yet, seemingly, during the talks. This is what the websites are saying. Um, anyone like Super Mario? Odyssey, anyone? Yes. Hmm. Audio, that, that should be interesting. I'm curious to see where they take that. Yes. Because I haven't seen anything about it yet. And seemingly they're going for a new slant. A new slant to Mario? Oh, Dissidia. Okay. Dissidia, yes. Dissidia, Dissidia NT. Yeah. Cannot wait. Uh, um, Red Dead 2? Uh... I want, any... I want Red Dead Redemption 2, just saying. Yeah. I, I want Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I, I had a list initially, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Detroit, yes, Detroit is on my list. Because the way that, and this is what I wanted to say earlier, but I, I, I kind of didn't find space for it. Um, we were talking about Heavy Rain, right? So mm. if you look at, uh, if you look at uh, Indigo Prophecy, Indigo Prophecy for me Fair is enough. down here. Yeah. Like not not great. Fahrenheit not great. Heavy Rain is a great game. Okay, yep. so mm. we've we've done. Beyond Two Souls, not so Seems... good. Lots of promise, not so good. If we right. follow the pattern, Detroit's gonna be up here, and I'm so excited. It's not even funny. Yep. Like yep. um, Kara, the short that they released. That they were like, oh no, this isn't a video game. It's just a it's just a tech short. It should have been. It is. No. That's what Detroit is. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that was their sne- yeah. this, that was their little sneak peek thing where they're like, you know, hey, look, check out this cool thing we did. Isn't it neat? And then gauge the response and kind of went, oh, we should. We should run for that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Another big one, not my personal choice because I hate the control scheme with a, with a passion. Last of Us Two. No. What is that? Last of Last Us Two. Last of Us Two. There's going to be any. Oh, Last of Us Two. Uh, basically, there's a whole bunch of like, well, PS4 put out their 4K thing last year. Uh-huh. Uh, or sorry, PlayStation put out their 4K stuff last year. I think they're going to be like actually focusing on games this E3. I hope so. Which is awesome. They yes. need to. Yes. Because that's where Xbox is going to fall behind with the, with the Scorpio. It's where they've fallen behind all the way through this console generation, though, isn't it? Yep. And it's 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 uh, an unfortunate thing because the Xbox One had lots of promise, and I mean, I own I own both. There's no, there's no fanboyism here. There's no rabid fanboyism here. I own both. You get games on each. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. But I'm a big fan of what comes out for the PS4, and I think if I they can keep that up and keep pushing it, that'd be great. Bioware, yes. Bioware may be showing a new IP. Um, Looking forward to that. Um, there's two Butterfly. new ones coming from. Oh. Nah. I know, but these are these are ones that are like popping up. The new Spider-Man. This is oh, okay. So, 
Sam Sam has pulled up a really a really good one and then a really awful one and I want to cover both really quickly. Moonlighter is going to be great. Support Moonlighter all you can. Go look it up. Moonlighter yep. is a cross between a shopkeeping simulator and the Binding of Isaac. Oh, wait, hang hang on. You're gonna have to. What? So you are a shopkeeper who needs to uh, go and get things for their oh, shop. So, you go into dungeons in the night and you do a roguelike thing. And then during the day, you're a shopkeeper with whatever you've managed to put together. Do you know why you confused me there? I didn't know what you were talking about. It wasn't originally called Moonlighter. Ah, yeah, no, there you go. It's called Moonlighter now. Uh, Moonlighter is amazing. I have played it at every convention I've been to for the last year. It is amazing. Go support it. There's also a game a game uh that oh no okay <sighs> hey anyone it's... for splatoon 2 no yes actually go suck a lemon uh splatoon 2 what? is gonna be great splatoon 2 is hey. actually gonna be great it's gonna be superb it's gonna be wonderful um sam's got one can't um, be worse than the first it's gonna be amazing because they're actually putting decent story into it and i'm excited uh, they've oh, been teasing story. They they've done, they've been teasing one. story like since the end of the last one, and I'm really Believe excited. That when I see it. Uh, Verzoom. Verzoom is a VR on an exercise bike experience where you can pedal a unicorn. An exercise game. Good. If there was ever a way to get me on one of those stupid bike machines, it would be so that I can pedal a Pegasus through the clouds. Yes. I just figured they need to horse it. <laughs> Go on, pony up. You know you want to. I'll stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, Bethesda are showing maybe two new IPs? One for definite. Maybe two. They, the, the teasers they've put out kind of show two. Mm. Oh, yeah, the other one that you can do is you can pedal a Formula One car. <laughs> Which is actually marvelous. I wish I had the trailer to show you guys because um, you, the way that the game works is that they are... Like, the Pegasus, for example, is a Pegasus that's flying, but it's got an exercise bike jammed down its spine and then your character is sat on the exercise bike. Sounds amazing. Um, do okay, so how, on that note, how little do you care about arms? I'm conflicted about arms. Because obviously I have EDS, and I'm not entirely sure how good the button control system is going to be for it. The problem that ARMS suffer for, as far as I'm aware, um, from talking to people about it, um, is that the gameplay is really simple to get into. And it's a, a heck of a lot of fun. Good. And then you start getting into it more, and it actually has almost the level of complexity and involvement in it to put it on the same sort of level as Smash. Ooh! There's a problem. There's a problem. Their mechanics and the controllability and stuff like that doesn't scale well with it. It becomes too complex, and the whole kinetic, uh, ki yeah, yeah, that yeah. whole sort of like the the capture thing to see what you're moving and like or the PlayStation Move that type of thing. It's just not good Quite enough. There. Right. So it's infuriating for the people that are really good at it and want to push it that little step. So the gameplay is there. The mechanics are there. The underlying what they're aiming at is there. And the tech isn't there yet. I think, I think for me, um, the accessibility there is going to be the issue. Laura Kate gave arms six out of ten. 
and it was perfect to bring up. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. No, I, I for me, it's going to be whether it's whether it's accessible enough for me to play it. And unfortunately, that means because Nintendo queues at events are always so long, I'm gonna have to wait until somebody I know buys it. Yeah, uh, because I the... I missed the test fires. I was working. I work mm. too hard. I I work way too hard on what I do. Um, somebody's saying about Monster Hunter um, Cross Cross. Yes, Switch Switch Monster I... Hunter Cross Cross would be great. But I don't care. Dauntless is up there. Yeah, Dauntless is coming, and if you haven't seen Dauntless, but you are a fan of Monster Hunter, what are you doing? Go look at it, because that's going to um, be great. They've actually just released a promo for that, which is going to be superb. New weapon. Chain blades. Yes. And a new Bema. A new sneak peek. Mm -hmm. It's going to be gonna really be good. good. I'm actually really excited to start teaming up with people who maybe aren't so familiar with Monster Hunter and get them playing it and, you know, work as a team. I think that's going to be... Really, I'm really, really annoyed good. that nothing I have console-wise or anything I can play Monster Hunter on, and it's infuriating, which is why I can't wait for Dauntless, because yes. the company are pushing for, oh, we'll bring out this new Monster Hunter, and we'll actually give the Europeans and stuff like that, and the Americans an actual look in, and give them a little taste of Monster Hunter. Yes. Too late. <clears throat> we have Dauntless coming. We don't care. Unless you're, already, unless you're already a hardcore Monster Hunter fan, yeah. in which case you probably already have the tech required to play the new one. For those of us who don't, we don't care anymore. Dauntless is coming, and if it's as good as it seems to be, and if it's pushing Monster Hunter plus plus plus, we're not going to care. They're too late. Mm -hmm. They're not going to manage to push into the UK market except with the hardcore fans. So I'm going to make a really interesting point here, and I want to I want to kind of draw a line and see where you guys are at with this. So we've been talking about E3, right? Mm -hmm. None of us are excited for E3. None of us give a damn about what's going on about E3. But all these game announcements are great. If only there was a way that we could not package that whole that uh, that whole sort of passionate like affair along with everything else E3 comes with. And for me, I think it's called Gamescom. Yeah. Gamescom Pax East. Yeah. It'll be I, Pax East is, is my favourite. Keep, keep your eyes on the next Gamescom coming up. Keep your eyes on the next TwitchCon coming up. Mm -hmm. Nothing official, but I have been told they're aiming at going like they're they're already big because it's TwitchCon. Yes. I, but they're now aiming for the same feeling that we've had at the last couple of TwitchCons, and it's an amazing environment. It is. It's a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah. It feels like a really laid back, chill PAX yes. East. And I've it, been it's to PAX only West. Getting, it's only yeah, getting PAX West is seemingly PAX West is seemingly PAX East bigged up with less space to move. No interest. Hmm. PAX East is the one I'll be going to next again. Yeah. 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 I've been told that the next TwitchCon coming up this year is at Long Beach. Yes. Um, they're aiming at more at keeping the TwitchCon feel and pushing the gamesiness of the PAX East and the Gamescoms. Good. I am really interested to see what they're doing. Yeah. It should be really, so, really good. So, TwitchCon, PAX East, or PAX South if you can make it, because PAX South is like a mini PAX East. If mm. you've been to a PAX East, why bother going to PAX South unless you're meeting people? Mm. Yeah. If you don't make a PAX East, go to PAX South. It's basically PAX East light. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good to see more uh, more games companies kind of embracing this person-to-person -person approach. I really like it. I really like it. And I'm not the biggest fan of E3 anymore. I used to be as a kid, but now that we've well, got... Back then, back then, E3 was the convention. 
right? Back and I, then, I think soon, maybe we've outgrown it. That uh, and I don't think of, we've outgrown it. They haven't kept it's up. sort of outgrown itself. Like mm. it's moved to the more corporate end of things, yeah. which is why it's not interesting for us anymore. Yeah. We we don't get to see the things we want to see. They're, you know. It's like all sneak, all, all sneak previews and teasers meant for the investors. Like, hey, we have this new tech coming out that is guaranteed sales. And again, it's a, it's a lot of this, let's push pre-orders. Um, and having, sorry, no having worked in game, I remember how that feels. And it's horrid. We both worked in game. Yep. It's horrendous. Yeah. Actually, Electronic Boutique before that. We remember Electronic Boutique when they hit the sort of like the first wave of pre-order culture, mm -hmm. and they didn't do it right. Well, that's then the pre-order culture has never been done right because companies abuse it. Yeah, I badly. I remember being pulled into a meeting and told that if I didn't sell um, No Man's Sky pre-orders, I was going to lose Oof. my job. I remember that. I remember that meeting. And sometimes I look back. At how, cause, uh, at how No Man's Sky did, I look back at it and I kind of think, do you know what? You've, I, yeah. I, I escaped. And I did, I, I escaped that. I have a friend who was a manager of a game store. I'm not going to say where. Um, there's a manager of a game store uh, that I kept in contact with when I stopped working. And he quit over the No Man's Sky thing. Yeah, I feel. Because they I, tried to push it and... Yeah, if you don't they were, make They him... basically said, if your if you're store between your people doesn't push this many pre-orders to No Man's Sky, we're going to be looking at moving you. And he went, oh, that's all right, I can fix that for you. I quit. Yeah. Um, On the phone to his area manager, he just went, I quit. The way nope. that it works, Vin, is that your till tracks how many uh, pre-orders you sell, how many um, accessories you sell, how much pre-owned versus new you sell. Uh, how many uh, insurance on discs you sell, insurance on consoles versus console sales you do, and it's all very personal. At the end of a work day, you take those numbers off the till and you put them into a spreadsheet on the computer, and then it ranks every staff member in each of those categories. And if you nope. fall underneath the red line, you don't keep your job. Nope, because there is so much turnover. Like, I've, I've got a friend that works in, like, in online revenue, um... And the turnover at game stores is almost as bad as the turnover at McDonald's. So imagine for a second yeah, that, bad. that you are behind on pre-orders, okay? So you have to push more pre-orders. So maybe you redirect some uh, trading money and you say, hey, so you instead of making 20 pounds, right? You say, hey, you made 15 pounds today and you get a free pre-order. Because pre-orders are worth it. Pre-orders are worth a fiver. Helps your numbers, right? It's because naughty. You, it's yeah, really naughty. It doesn't count it as a value. It counts it as a pre-order. It's naughty. But Target people really have to do it to keep their jobs. And then we get told off when those people go, oh, well, if the game comes out and you don't want it, you can just spend the five pound as in-store credit, Right? So then we don't, we have all these pre-orders come in and we don't sell them because those people didn't want those pre-orders in the first place. Like it's a really bad business scheme. Really. And then, but then the companies turn around and go, well, we had all these pre-orders and they didn't sell. So our game was absolutely awful and we blame the players. It's like, no, it's not actually the, it's partly the player's fault because they keep buying into pre-orders. That said, I'm, I'm guilty of it right now, unfortunately. Um, Stormblood. Mm-hmm. But that's buying into something I actually have 
confidence in yeah. and will play. Yeah. Whereas there were pre-orders for like three or four games recently where I looked at it and went, I have I have so many stories about working at game and E3 to again tie back into E3 E3 pushing this massive hype culture and it comes down to mm. us at a level and we're told either you push this hype culture as hard as you or can or you, you or don't get to stay and what they do is they get you on um they, they will warn you several times about your performance at work. And I'm sorry, but people saying, hey, I don't want to pre-order anything is nothing to do with how skilled you are. Like, you have to make those sales and you have to get pushy. It's really bad. You basically have to con them into getting the pre-order. Again, Welcome to sales. again um, we would do things like, uh, say you traded in games and I could give you £20 worth of in-store credit for your games. Instead... We would say things like, a pre-order is a fiver, right? It's five pounds. So you, instead of saying, hey, you've got 20 pounds to spend in store, you would say, hey, you've got 15 pounds to spend in store and we can throw in a free pre-order for you. It's the same amount of money, but one of them gets you to keep your job and makes you sound like you're giving them something for nothing. When in fact, potentially you're taking five pounds off something that they wanted to spend on instead. There's a, re there's a reason I didn't last as a store manager. I couldn't lie to people. It's, I refuse to. It's, yeah, it gets it pretty bad. It is straight up just it's um, conning people. I, I would like to see E3 change. I would like to see hmm. conventions like Gamescom come forward where we put, we, put things, um, we put things in front of the consumer rather than just dangling that, that very edge of a carrot and then going, Less hey, investors, see how much they bite. Less hype culture, more actual things to yep. hype about. Because we're looking at things like No Man's Sky. We're looking at Aliens Colonial Marines. Because oh. yeah. we, we spoke about this earlier, like before the cast started, and I mm -hmm. mentioned No Man's Sky and you grimaced. That's yep. not what you want to see a player do, especially an influencer. Because yep. we're all streamers. We're all influencers. You, yep. We're talking about stuff on cast. Now, you guys use cameras. I generally don't. But... When it even comes across in voice, somebody in chat goes da 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 da, and you see somebody mentions No Man's Sky, and you go, No Man's Sky, huh? Yep, because we were talking about the How fact that they've brought that? this ARG in, and they are trying to fix things, and still every part of me kind of goes, mm, I still don't want to play it. Track record. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, so. Um, it's not even because it's... of the developers. I've spoken to a couple of developers. They're really awesome people. They try really hard. They love work it they love their game they want it to be the best thing ever and then you get the mouthpiece you can't trust like to like yeah. tell you what your dinner is yeah it's like it's, it's mm. difficult and it is it is nice to see things like gamescom and as you say pax east um that do actually cater for games that are available almost available games that you can try and on hand and to play them yes and you get to have FaceTime with the developers if that's the sort of thing that you want. I think as as Vin rightly says, E three is outgrowing itself and something there I think it's already outgrown itself. This yeah. this this event right now is provenant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think not, sorry, they've outgrown themselves while aiming for the public. Yeah. They've yeah. shown that they're aiming at the if they're they're trying to include public and get a take a bite of the convention pie. And no. All right, all right, all right. So let's bring this back in because I, that, like, I feel like maybe we, we've said all that needs to be said there. There mm. is one thing left 
for today's podcast, and that is to name it. Um, and I always like this section, I always really like this section, because chat always comes out with really, really, like, good names, and I always fail on my face. Mm. Uh, why was this podcast 6 out of 10? And I'm going to put my name straight down on the table. This podcast was 6 out of 10, Horde of Flipping Bears. I like it 6 out of 10 because you included Magic the Gathering. Ooh. Um... Six out of ten. Pipkin Segway feel... too. I like that one as well. Pipkin Segway. Uh, six out of ten. Failed necromancy on Bubsy, or failed Bubsy necromancy. Oh God! Dislocated Bubcat. Actually, that, actually, sorry. Yeah, six out of ten, Bubsy. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even, not even dislocated Bobcat. Just Bubsy. Just Bubsy. You oh, say Bubsy because, because I'm gonna theory... put that. I'm gonna put that back up because that trailer is actually horrendous like it's actually horrendous. six out of ten no school oh. six out of ten too much school oh no <laughs> i'm saying nothing because you, you guys are quite enough to bring um, um actually i actually there's one thing i forgot about when we we're talking about conventions and it's one that might interest the people that went oh at pathfinder pathfinder kingmaker there's a new kickstarter for an isometric thing done by okat games PaizoCon is in Seattle in May. Ooh. Which might have already it. May of did 2018. Just, did we just miss it? I think yeah. we missed it. Yeah, it's like but it's like, it's every, yeah, it's every year. Sorry, yeah, my, my notes are back to front. Um, There was one in May in Seattle, and it was PaizoCon, and seemingly what they showed of Kingmaker was really, really good. Ooh, because okay. It's by, because it's by OCAT Games. And, all right, yeah. all right. All right. Let's, One to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Let's wrap it up then. Uh, six out of Bubsy. ten. Do we just want to call it six out of ten, Bubsy? Because it looks not bad, but nah. No, it really looks awful. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't do that. Also, do you guys want to actually hear the Bubsy trailer? Why not? Do you guys want to hear it? I can put the sound on so you guys can hear it. I just want everybody... If we're going to go with six out of ten, Bubsy, you guys have to listen to the trailer because I did too. Give me two seconds and I will, I, I will fix that, it. Either that, six out of ten origins. Six out of ten oranges. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Oranges, that's a good one. Let's go with six out of ten oranges. Let's go with six out of ten oranges. Everybody be quiet for a second and I'm going to put the Bubsy audio on. So you guys might want to turn your audio on if you can. Um, I'm just going to I'm just gonna do this real quick. And I'm going to put it about there. Loud hangar. I think this trailer is super loud. Nuclear proliferation. And it's Reality actually horrendous. TV. I'm super sorry for to what I'm putting you guys through. Here we go. Bobsy rule tech, friends. I've been waiting to settle this score since 1993. Fancy, a woolly strike back by Accolade. There you guys go. Ah. Uh... Yeah. About that. WWTT. Yep. WWTT. What were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> like. I am I am so sorry for putting you guys through that. Alright, so this has been 6 out of 10 Bubsy. Thank you so much to my wonderful guests. Remind us guys who you are and what you will be doing this week. Uh, we'll start with Vin. Vin, what are you, who are you and what will you be doing this week? I am SuperVin47 and I will be He's finishing up... Oh, am I... 
Which side am I? Okay. I will be finishing up Final Fantasy VII, um, the Princess Bride edition. Uh, <laughs> and uh, after that, we'll be prepping for Darkest Dungeon DLC. Ooh. The Crimson Court is coming out on June 19th. That is next week. So I'm going to be finishing up my... Um, uh, my run, hoping to go for a Stygian run before the DLC comes out. Mm, but, uh, yeah, that that will be me for the next month or so. All right. Marathi! Marathi, um, who are you and where can people find you and what are you doing next week? Who am I? I am a Scotsman with a cooler accent than Pip. Said so in chat. Nah. Ah, you thought I would get it. Um, I play variety games. That pretty much covers... The stream content, I play pretty much anything and everything, and there's lots of cool new games coming out that I'll probably be trying because the next game that should be arriving on my doors are either Persona 5 or Injustice 2. Ooh. There will be Injustice 2 being played because it has a story Ooh. mode I didn't know it had. Oh, oh so good. Yeah. Um, also, st I'm trying to prep for Stormblood. There's going to be some Final Fantasy 14 in there because I need to prep for Stormblood. It's so close. Um... There's new Factorio releases coming out. So there's going to be so some logistics stuff game stuff. Yeah, too many games. I don't have enough time for all the games I'm playing, but they're all cool. Awesome news. Um, I, as always, I'm TinyPixels. Uh, you guys can find me over at twitch.tv. Uh, as always, as always, as always, uh, this week we have um, more towel runs, more dead cells, more Talavir over on Susanna Grace's channel, uh, more cyberpunk RP nonsense. Um, over on, uh, over on Potato's channel, and I actually have one step left so that I can earn my poll certificates, so we're hoping at the end of the week the studio is going to be tidy enough that you guys can laugh at me as I completely, completely fail, um, my, my last poll exam, um, for this month. And but do a bunch of, and do a bunch of stuff that the rest of us are just kind of like, how? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. learned I learned uh -huh. thread through spins the other day, and that was that was horrendous. But yeah, more more RP games, uh, more towels, more pole, uh, more thirsty guests, and it's gonna be great. It's oh, gonna be great. Truck driving. Where truck do I? Truck driving. Oh no, no truck driving. Ugh. It'll be truck driving. No, they won't be truck, truck driving. Alright, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for dropping by today. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much again to my guests. Make sure you follow these naughty people up. Because they're wonderful. We're, awesome. We're going to say bye-bye for now. I, I love you guys a lot. Uh, and we'll see you next Saturday here for more 6 out of 10. I think Sam is away again next week. So it's just going to be me. And again, two, two awesome lovable sock puppets, I'm sure. Um, and we'll, we'll have better pictures of segues, I feel, next week. Have a good one, guys. It's great to see you all as per usual. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, man.